Hi, friends. Welcome to Deep Dive, my brand new podcast born from a desire for critical thought, vulnerability, and awareness. I'm your host, Dana Falsetti, a thinker, a writer, a yoga teacher, an activist, an authenticity agent. Each month, you'll hear from me and my guests, ranging from iconic disruptors to everyday people, all candidly sharing our personal experiences on topics ranging from sexuality to social justice and consciousness to capitalism. Deep Dive is a space to tackle hard-hitting questions and controversial topics in a raw, empathetic, and curious way. And it's my space to rant and ramble freely, no holding back. Let's dive in. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I want to talk about anger as a valid emotion, as a necessary emotion, as one that I think is incredibly powerful, easily misunderstood, and just one that I've been dissecting more in my own life over the last few months as I have been reflecting on an experience that I have had that stemmed from anger. And in this particular experience, my anger, I think, brewed for a while. And when I finally really expressed it, it had become hateful. And because of that, I maybe didn't express it in the best way (laughs) that I could have. And it's just sort of led me, well, and then there were you know, a whole string of reactions and responses from that point on. It's been going on for months and months, and now I'm just sort of in this state of reflection where I'm like, okay, I need to dig into this a little bit more. And it's just been something interesting and kind of new on my mind. I've never thought about anger much as an important emotion, but I think the first time that I started to really think about this was probably a year ago or a little more than a year ago uh, on social media because of social media. And the first place that anger kind of came into my immediate consciousness was my own part in the yoga world, in corporate yoga, in corporate wellness, being the the token, plus-size, large-body, fat, curvy, whatever you want to call it, person. One of a few visible people of size in the yoga and wellness world has been really hard. It's been really hard for me over the last few years to be a token. And that being said, I I have chosen it in many ways. Many of the opportunities that I have taken, I've taken willingly knowing that that was the case. And this is where, you know, in examining anything, I think it's always important to maintain self-awareness as the foundation of general awareness. Because we are always complicit in something. We are problematic in a variety of ways. And... There's hypocrisy in everything, in nearly everything, and especially in something like corporate yoga, where we're all kind of playing the game, the capitalism game. (laughs) Um, And so because of that, of course, I can see my own 
my own part in the very things that frustrate me, but we'll get to that. So yeah, so my anger and my frustrations have come so much from being tokenized. And what I mean by that is I tend to be the one plus size person in most yoga spaces, you know, to this day, if I walk into a studio, that is usually the case. Um, you know, brand partnerships that I've taken and, and just all sorts of things that have come from being visible in my body and a yoga teacher over the last few years. have It's just been hard. It's been hard to navigate. And it's hard because I want so strongly to be someone that I really wish I had growing up. But it's not easy. It's not easy to be that person. And it's not easy to be that person when there still isn't necessarily a seat at that table. Um, I think the chairs are starting to get <laughs> pulled up. <laughs> and I think a lot of people, and, and this is one scenario, but there are endless scenarios and examples of this. I think people are starting to bring their own seats to many tables where they haven't belonged before. And it's amazing. But it's challenging. It takes courage. It takes a lot of courage and a lot of strength. And I certainly have both. But nonetheless, it's been hard. So over the last few years, as I've been thinking about this and how I play my part in this, and then also watching the yoga and wellness world's continue to perpetuate a lot of what I'm trying to combat and I just try to figure out the balance and that's what I'm doing every day trying to figure out the balance but I don't always get it right and I can't always figure out what the right move is what the right decision is and I don't you know I still struggle with imposter syndrome and all the time and feeling like you know somebody else has more to offer than me or that I should be doing something different than what I'm doing. And there are so many reasons that I feel like that. Sometimes I'm just tired of feeling like I'm fighting. And that's just the truth. It feels like a constant battle sometimes to be this person in spaces that are not really ready for you necessarily, who maybe want to be ready. And that's why I I struggle with that fine line between tokenism and representation and being visible versus kind of like being used. It's just not easy. And so as I've been playing my part, my anger and my frustration have, have grown. And as I continue to watch so much of what frustrated me so much my whole life in terms of body shame and society's expectations and standards and, you know, elitism and whitewashed marketing and ableism everywhere you look, you know, things that I didn't understand very well at all growing up. Um, but I understand them now and I understand how much they impacted me and I, I watch them continue to happen. And of course, that's why I do my work. That's why I am who I am right now is because those things still exist. And I know that my message is needed, but that doesn't mean that it's easy to be in that space. And I'm only one person experiencing this. There's so many people doing this kind of work who are you know, actively both sort of fighting and working with their own oppressors in, in many ways. So my anger has has grown and I've been sitting with it for a long time. And not just my anger in yoga and wellness spaces, because those are new spaces to me. You know, I've only been 
practicing for maybe five years and teaching for four in public, uh, you know, on social media and in those spaces for four years. But before that, I had 20 years of experiencing body shame and being angry at my body and at society and at other people's perceptions and mostly at myself because I spent my whole life feeling like I couldn't control my body and like something was wrong with me because of my body. So there's residual anger from, you know, just dealing with life. (laughs) Life is not, you know, it's not innately easy. Shit is hard. People endure so much to varying degrees, but it's all relative. Injustices exist and are vast. You know, people are suffering and things just aren't easy all the time. And I think we all find a place of hardness, you know, or can very easily come to a place of hardness. It's it's taking care of ourselves. It's our defense mechanisms. It's for survival a lot of the time and probably necessary a lot of the time as well. So there's this residual anger. It's like resentment that exists within me as well for so many of the things that I've experienced that at the same time I appreciate because they have made me who I am. But that emotion is still within me. And, and I recognize that anger is a secondary emotion. It's, it's a reaction. It's a, uh, it's a response to another emotion. There's something underneath it. And it could be fear. It could be pain resentment, like I said, frustration. I think pain, pain and fear are probably two really strong underlying emotions that lead to anger. And for me, I think pain has been sort of the stronger one. But the thing that's interesting is, and I think especially the connection, I'm just brainstorming as I sit here, between pain and anger is is really significant because i personally believe that anger is an incredible emotion it's it's a powerful emotion that can really lead to change if we can understand it and use it wisely whereas i think pain on its own can feel difficult to overcome difficult to live with um can sometimes lead you down the victim path, although I suppose anger definitely can as well. But for me personally, I find myself in that victim space when I'm feeling pain, I think more than anything, or fear. And then when it turns to anger, it's it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing because it's a notifier. You know, when I am angry, I'm speaking to myself that something needs to change. And I might not know what it is in that moment, but it's like the moment you put your foot down and you're like, no, this is not right. Something is not working. I'm mad. And so much of that for me has been a response to pain. So I see that as a really strong underlying emotion for my own anger. And that might be different for y'all, but I sense that in myself. So it's a combination of the experiences throughout my life of, you know, being this person who I needed, which hasn't been easy. And I feel like it's almost a daily battle, you know, just 
even existing in my body, you know, combating the comments that come my way and just constantly, you know, health policing, people health policing me. And it's just, it's endless, right? There are so many things I could list forever, all of these different reasons that it's not easy, (laughs) of course. But I know it's powerful. I know it's important. So I do it anyway. But it's like, what do I do with this anger? (laughs) Right. And I thought I kind of understood. I thought it was like, well, the anger is kind of motivating me and I'm just going to keep doing my work. And ultimately, I think that 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 is an amazing outlet for that anger is to continue being the change. Right. Again, if we think that anger is a valid emotion and, and one that can lead to change, we all know we can't really force others to change, but we can change ourselves. We can control our actions. So doesn't that then mean that self-awareness is essential here yet again in understanding the ways that we need to make changes? And I think that that's the part that I've largely ignored that led the anger to turn into hate. And I'm kind of referencing something specific in mind here, but it's, it's also very general. Like, I have definitely become hateful towards a lot of the yoga community, a lot of the wellness culture, a lot of what I see on social media, a lot of brands. You know, I could just list things that I feel this strong, like, resentment towards. And I'm saying that to just be honest and be truthful. And I'm certainly not saying that that's the right thing, but that's the honest thing. That's how I've felt lately. And I think that the reason it turned to that was because I was complicit. And this is what kind of dawned on me this week as I've been reflecting on how this emotion has manifested itself in my life in the last six months or so, year or so. And I I remember about a year ago is probably when I first started talking openly about my own hypocrisy, right? The My own ways in which I am problematic and complicit in the things that frustrate me, like corporate yoga and uh, ableism and appropriation and, again, a long list of things. <laughs> and I think it's important, it's so important to be able to recognize your own hypocrisy and figure out where you need to make the changes and be aware of where you're not maybe making those changes and figure out why. Sometimes there's a valid reason. Other times it's just ignorance, ignoring, you know. But I haven't done enough of putting my foot down, of walking away from things that aren't working for me anymore, of, you know, actively really seeking the changes that I really, really want to see. And in many ways, I am that person. In many ways, I am putting this out, you know, the output into the world of of what I want to see more of and what I want for others. And I think that that's an amazing route, an amazing way to go. But apparently, I've been involved in things that are truly not resonating with me, truly not to my integrity, not to my authenticity, not to my message. And... Maybe it was the easy way. Maybe it felt hard not to be in those things at the time. But because I allowed myself in so many ways to remain complicit, I have projected that. And that's what turned my anger, I think, 
into hate. And I talk a, a lot about this in my my yoga workshops and about how I think so many people are just sort of existing as or outputting pain, projecting pain, seeing it in others, um, you know, maybe even seeing the worst in others because we're just experiencing so much pain ourselves. And I think so much of the way people move through life is, you know, pain is sort of at the basis of that. That's a hard that's a hard thing. <laughs> yeah, so I've been complicit. And it's made me hateful because I see how other people are complicit, <laughs> right? And this is so funny. I'm sitting here laughing at myself because this is what I talk about. This is what I talk about all the time. And of course, practice what you preach. But I'll be the first to tell you right now that I am so freaking far from perfect. And everything that I've ever ranted or rambled about is nothing that I have mastered in any way, just something that I'm trying to figure out. And um, I've always said, again, in my workshops, I always tell people, you know, we see it's it's the it's the basis of ahimsa, the first yama, if you're in into yoga philosophy, it's sort of the basis of ahimsa, it's nonviolence translates to nonviolence. There are a lot of ways that can manifest, but the one that resonates with me the most is that is nonviolence towards yourself and that when we are violent within ourselves, we are violent towards others and that we see in others what we see in ourselves. So in the last year or so, I have been watching myself be complicit in things that I really don't want to be complicit in. And I've been seeing that everywhere and in others because it's within me. And again, it manifested in, into hate. And this specific example that I'm speaking of, I expressed this anger, I expressed this hate through words, but there are so many different ways that people deal with anger as an emotion. Some people get vocally violent. Um, some people get physically violent. Other people tune inward or completely shut down. They go silent. There isn't an immediate reaction. Other people go into self-harm as a way to deal with their anger. So there are so many different ways that people process emotions, of course. For me, I tend to speak. <laughs> and my whole thing is speaking my truth all the time. It's like I'm such I'm the ultimate oversharer. Like I'm an open book. Ask me anything and I will tell you <laughs> all about it. And that's just that's the way that I that I like to be in many ways. But I've learned this this lesson over the last few months that sometimes, um, sometimes our truths don't need to be spoken. Sometimes they need to be acted upon. And I think I've been in such a mode personally of speaking that I need to do more act action, essentially. And that's kind of where my brain... I don't know. That's kind of where my brain is at now. So I think what we can do with anger is first figure out where it's actually coming from and what's underneath it is definitely essential in figuring out what the next move is in, in terms of taking an action to resolve or or make a change. Because again, to me, if I feel angry about something, it's I'm telling myself that something has to be different. Something needs to change. So what what is that? And I also think it's so it's essential to recognize and validate your own anger. I say this to you and as I am saying this to myself, 
think the key is feeling it without gripping it, feeling it without continuing the story (laughs) or creating the story of what it is in your head. Perhaps this is the difference often between rational and and irrational anger. Um, You know, things that are kind of real versus things that are imaginary and stories that we make up in our heads. There's definitely a difference there. But anger itself is can be an incredibly rational emotion as well. But I think the key, like I think with many things, is not attaching to it, not allowing it to harbor, but instead recognizing it and then sort of dissecting it. Where is this coming from? Why do I feel this way? And what can I do instead of burying it, denying it, um, labeling it as bad? I don't think any of those things are helpful at all. And this leads me to another frustration (laughs) that has turned to anger for me in the last year is um, what could be called spiritual bypass, the responses of prayers and blessings, love and light, peace and love, shutting down conversations under the guise of that sort of happy place that we all need to just keep the peace all the time. But I think that sometimes getting angry is the is the choice, is the smart choice to make. I don't believe that we can get through life with peace and love 24-7 nonstop. And especially within yoga and wellness culture, this is something that frustrates me because for me personally, yoga is action. For me, yoga is social justice. It is change. It is speaking. Uh, it's uplifting marginalized communities. It is, it's change. It's social change. It's activism. <laughs> and so when I see people in yoga and wellness spaces shutting down conversations of people's anger, of people's experiences, of pain that they're experiencing and trauma, ways that they're being treated and things that they want changed, um, it's not good. It's not fair invalidating someone's anger and invalidating your own anger is um it's a scary thing i think you know i think it matters anger is important especially when someone is speaking to their experience and and saying hey this is something i'm afraid of this is something i care about this is something that's painful for me this is something that that matters And I think that this is where it comes back to worth, too, in terms of validating our own anger and others. Like, if I believe that I am worthy, then my emotions are valid. My experiences are valid. If I'm freaking mad about something, what's wrong with that? (laughs) Like, do I not deserve as a person to be upset, to be mad? Nothing can anger me. I'm not worth speaking up for myself or others, right? So I think if you innately believe in your own worth, then yeah, your anger is valid. And if you innately believe in the worth of others just as people, as humans that we're going to respect and uplift, then their anger is valid too. So we can't be shutting these conversations down. We have to allow them to happen. We have to allow people to express themselves and we have to listen, you know, and I think when we when we don't do those things and we don't allow people to speak and we try to shut those conversations down, that's when that anger brews. That's when it turns even more into hate or a violent expression or 
something that's not going to be the thing that leads to change, leads to positive outcome, but probably leads us um, somewhere dark, you know. And it's really interesting because this experience that I'm thinking of as the foundation for this, this thought process right now, I see how if I had used my anger in a different way, it could have evoked a positive change in a completely different way, maybe in a more e- efficient way even. And I think that it it did lend to some positive change for sure, eventually, but it took a long time and it took a lot of twists and turns. There was a lot of darkness. There was a lot of pain. There was a lot of heat and energy and fire and anger for quite a while from many different sides and it was very dynamic and eventually we kind of all figured it out but it took a long time because of the approach (laughs) so I think the key the key for me is to be able to sit with my anger without creating a story about it or about the subject of my anger And allowing it to just be and observing it. And I think that from there, I can actually figure out what to do. So what is the path to change? I think it definitely starts with you. It starts with me. It starts with the individual. And it's non-reactive. This is where I personally slip up. Kind of often, less often than I used to. But it's non-reactive, it's intentional, and it starts with you. And I think that non-reactive part, that's the hardest, hardest part. That's the ego. That's the lack of awareness. That's the lack of responsibility, taking responsibility for the changes that you want to see and and finding ways to start making them happen. For me, I get really reactive when I'm really frustrated and I feel like I can't make any moves, right? You feel stuck. You feel trapped. You feel isolated. There's no way out, even though there probably is. And this is where I think we create the stories. Oh, this is where we create the stories, where I create my own stories about how things are and the way that they're going to end up and the way that other people think and feel and two plus two equals four, and that's just the way it is kind of thing. When those stories are not necessarily real, and again, I think that's the rational versus irrational anger thing, and the more we can sit with it quietly and dissect it ourselves and observe, I think the more that we can make moves based on rational, rational anger versus irrational anger. And I think that this is also where it's important to come back to our own our own space and being complicit in things and recognize that so much of the time, the things that hurt us, the things that anger us, we do to ourselves. And of course, that's not always that's not always the case, but sometimes it is. And I've experienced this in many ways. I've already explained it in this episode in terms of the yoga and wellness space, but I've experienced it in relationships and all sorts of different things. You know, I remember one time I felt so hurt by somebody I was in a relationship with after the fact, and I was so 
angry. I was so mad at this person for doing what they did to me. And then I realized that I really wasn't that mad at that person because what they did wasn't surprising. And this is what's really interesting about observation and awareness and the stories that we create about what's not really happening um, that we either want to have happen or don't want to have happen or whatever it is. But I realized that I was mad at myself. Uh, I was mad at myself in that situation for breaking my own heart, essentially. It wasn't this person really who broke my heart. It was very much me. And um, they played their role in it. But ultimately, the thing that was causing me so much pain as I reflected on it was the fact that I allowed it to happen. The fact that I saw the patterns, right? I mean, we, we see people for who they are when we want to right? Very clearly when we want to. And when we don't, we create the story, the image of them that we want them to be. And so often we ignore the signs, we ignore the steps along the way. um, And then they do the big thing that is like soul crushing and heart wrenching. And we're like, how did this happen? How did this happen? But really, if you look at the situation, I bet that you could have predicted such a thing or that such an event really wasn't all that surprising. And it's that truth that made me realize that I I had broken my own heart in so many ways, that the thing that was really angering me, really painful, was what I had done to myself. And I see the truth, I see that same truth in this scenario I'm talking about in terms of, you know, yoga and wellness world and corporate yoga. So finding the ways in which we are complicit in the things that make us angry is perhaps the hardest part, the hardest, again, the hardest thing to do, of course, because that's a true hit to your ego. It means that you've maybe been doing something with ignorance for years and years and years without realizing that it was something that didn't resonate with you, or you change along the way, your values change, what matters to you changes. And so perhaps your actions change, your relationships change, you know, what you um, involve yourself in, it shifts. And This is, again, the importance of awareness. I mean, I say it every episode, but it's just true. Um, Everything is always evolving. There are always a million different moving parts. And self-awareness and then general awareness are just essential in in being able to keep up, (laughs) essentially, with not letting everything become chaotic and overwhelming to the place where we just explode or we feel completely out of control, like we're no longer in the driver's seat uh, of our lives. So, yeah, I don't know. So these are kind of my thoughts. These are my thoughts on anger, on anger turning hateful, on the way it can be such a powerful emotion, allowing it to exist, but but actually using it for good, not allowing it to become violent, um, not labeling it as bad. But instead, what if we could see anger as something really positive and use it in that way instead of just ignoring it and allowing it to become Oh, something that can be so destructive, so destructive. It's really interesting. Very powerful emotion. So I hope that that's helpful. It's been helpful for me to dissect over the last few months and moving forward. My goal, my personal goal is to continually become less reactive, to be able to sit with my emotions, especially the ones that feel really urgent, like anger or fear, 
um, ones that are really fiery, like anger. And I, I have that. <laughs> I have that emotion. I am a passionate, fiery person. And I'm learning. I'm learning how to use that. I'm learning how to use that to my benefit and to the benefit of other people and um, not burn shit down necessarily with it as I go. And uh, it's a fine line for sure. So I hope that that's helpful. Hope that sparks some interesting thought and you can use some of that to, to better use a really powerful emotion in your own life. Thanks for listening. Hi friends, Dana here. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Deep Dive. If you want more radical truth, make sure you subscribe. You can also keep up with me across social media at Dana Falsetti or visit my website, danafalsetti.com to find workshops, speaking engagements, or take an online class. See you next time.